Hey, today on All Business, I'm joined by Ben Parr. He's author of the best-selling book, Captivology, The Science of Capturing People's Attention. And I'm telling you, it's a great book. It was named one of the top marketing book of 2015 by Strategy and Business Magazine and Small Business Trends. I truly love to read this book. Now, Ben is co-founder and CMO of Octane AI, the easiest way to create a bot and engage your audience via messaging. He sits on the advisory boards of Tanza, Airlines, Rebel Mouse, Angel Hack, and Ustream. He was named Forbes 30 Under 30, and Ben has been seen in CNET, Mashable, Inc. He joins me today to discuss the future of chatbots and what it's like being a serial entrepreneur. Thanks for being here, Ben. From Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Hey, first right off the bat, Ben, I, I miss having dinner with you. We had some good, a couple of good nights uh, out at a couple of different restaurants with a lot of great company. I'm going to have to let you know when I come back to New York. It'll be soon. We're going to repeat that process. Yeah, it was one of my favorites. Illili. Let's give them a shout out. Illili is a great Mediterranean restaurant on it, right on Fifth Avenue. And uh, just, a, just a blast. In fact, the first time we got together was, I think, the night before your book launch, right? It was, You're right. That, that, I came in for the book launch. It was that Tuesday. We met up on that Monday. So that was a that was a crazy week. That was a special time. That was a special dinner. Was the book launch for you uh, everything you thought it was? I learned so many things, and I would have changed a few things here and there. But overall, the book has been an amazing experience. So yeah. with Captivology now, it's crazy because I think now I get more speaking engagements and offers, and I talk to more people who have read the book. And it has shown a lot of longevity, which is really exciting. It's not a thing that just disappeared after a week. Yeah, I think books have a longevity of about 18 to 24 months. And some people can make a little bit longer out of that. But I think in today's economy, today's kind of marketplace, that's a probably about the right one. So, you know, hats off to you for, for making it a bestseller. Hats off for making it work because not everybody makes a book work. You know, there's over... 300,000 new business books every year. The average business book sells about 7,000 copies. So for someone to make it into the bestseller category, um, hats off to you. You can't see me uh, bowing, but that's what I'm doing. <laughs> hey, fantastic. Yeah, we should almost do these in video sometimes. I, I, there's a lot of times I, I wish I did that, uh, but I, I just like this format. Like, the thing is, though, if you, did, if, if you had video, then you couldn't do this pantless. Yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd have to wear pants. You know, I'd have to wear pants. And, uh, you know, right now I'm wearing, I'm in my office in South Dakota. I'm wearing cowboy boots and, and, and shorts. So there we go. Live with that image. <laughs> you know, you're doing so much today. What what would be the primary thing that I'm I, Ben Parr is doing today? I mean, I know you're investing, you're consulting, you're speaking, writing. What is it that I could say today Ben Parr is doing? The number one thing, 170% of my time is as co-founder and CMO of my company, Octane AI, of our company, Octane AI. And Octane AI is the platform for building an audience for your business through Facebook Messenger, among the one billion people who use Messenger. And so our company lets you very quickly put up a bot 
on your Facebook Messenger and start building up an audience. And we're pretty well known now for major music artists like Maroon 5, Aerosmith, 30 Seconds to Mars, Jason Derulo, Rick Ross, and 50 Cent using us to engage with their audiences at scale on this platform that a billion people use every month. And I have to disclose, I'm using it as well. This is a, a technology that we saw that was very hot. And you reached out, we started talking, I said, absolutely, we've got to do this, and I'm pretty damn excited about it. So, first of all, why why Facebook? Why would you put it on Facebook as opposed to LinkedIn? Because people would say, hey, especially business people, if you're going to build an audience, you want to build it on LinkedIn, which I disagree with, but a lot of people would say that. Why not Twitter? Why not LinkedIn? Why not Instagram? Why Facebook? We started with Facebook Messenger specifically because... It's by far the largest used messaging app within the United States. And so a bot's really ideally suited for a messaging app. So it's not really like LinkedIn doesn't have a great messaging system. So it's not quite there for a full bot. That's generous saying it doesn't have a <laughs> It has a shitty system and a shitty way of messaging. Um, inside, and you can only do it inside their platform, So which is really poor. It has problems. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. A lot of problems. But Messenger is a huge audience. The Facebook Messenger is growing faster than Facebook. Facebook Messenger is used by people of every single demographic to communicate with their family, with their friends, and now with their favorite artists and businesses and brands. And it was the clear place to go, and they have a really great tool set for building engaging bots. Look, over the long term... Octane AI will be available on every platform where your customers are, and you'll yeah. be able to access them on the messaging apps on the three to the three billion people who use messaging apps. But Messenger was the right place for us to start. You know, I, I'm familiar with the bots, and but we're going to get into it because I want to do a little bit of a primer here because I also serve on a board called Live World, and Live World has been very active with. In fact, when Facebook Messenger first rolled out, they did some stuff on managing large communities because Live World manages large commercial communities um, in terms of moderating communities. So let's step back and let's first of all explain to everybody that's listening, because when you hear chatbot, I'm almost ready to say, oh man, that sounds like I'm not talking to real people. I'm not talking about automate. I'm talking to something that's automated. I'm not, to, I, I, I don't feel personal. So let's, let's just back up a little bit and explain that. So a chatbot is at its very core, a program that allows you to communicate at scale with your audience on messaging apps. It is a tool that helps automate responses and have discussion. And so just like there's a lot of different types of websites, like there's blogs, there's YouTube, there's Zencaster, there's everything. There's also a lot of different types of bots. And kind of they fall into three main categories that businesses need to care about. One is customer support. And so there's a series of bot companies and bots where they can automate automatically answer customer support questions and assist customers in purchasing and things like that. There's a class of that. Then there's a class of tools that are of bot tools. There are things like uh, a bot that can help you manage your stock portfolio. You can message it and it'll understand what commands you're giving or a bot that helps you with the weather or things like that. And then there's a third category, which is bots for distribution, for building an audience. And that's where we uh, dominate and where we squarely fall in. And so our bots specifically are kind of more like the new email newsletter, the new email list where like, look, an email newsletter, you might get like a 17 to 20 something percent open rate and a smaller click through rate. 
and and even worse on platforms when you share links on, say, Facebook. Maybe, what, 1% to 4% of people see a Facebook post and maybe even less than 0.1% of people click? Um, mm. Through bots, through our bots specifically, what we see is 50 to 75% of people click on links that are shared through a bot within the first 10 minutes. And 100% of people see that message and get that message because it's a push notification directly to your phone. And so the advantages of, of a chatbot are that the engagement is significantly higher. You can reach your audience uh, 100% of the time. And it's a platform and it's on a platform in which people use every single day. And so that's kind of the very basics of chatbots. All right. So I want to come back to that, but I want to take a quick break. This is going to be a great conversation, but got to get a little bit of coffee, okay? And I want to I got to talk about my friends at Dunkin' Donuts because they have over 15,000 ways just to order coffee at Dunkin' Donuts. Man, with 15,000 ways, you got to find one that you like, all right? Now, that's not for me. I got to tell you that. I'm simple. I like a double espresso, maybe triple, sometimes a quad, okay? And Or I just order two double espressos and take them to go. No macchiatos. In fact, I don't even know what the hell is a macchiato. I'm going to go look that up. Maybe I should, maybe Duncan needs a bot and I need to ask them. That would be cool because they're probably, and they probably do. They're probably even using you guys, Ben. So, and I don't want any chai tea. I just want the basic stuff. That's me. Don't change it. Don't change a thing, Duncan, unless you're going to add bacon. That'd be okay. I like bacon. Bacon and coffee, that sounds good to me. It's great for me to have one of my favorite brands as a sponsor right here in all business. So, Duncan, hey, America runs on Duncan, and so does all business. Are you are you a coffee drinker, Ben? I am a coffee drinker, and now I want some Dunkin' Donuts coffee. You know what? They finally started expanding into California, and that's made me very happy. You know, they did, and I actually did a television show about that on my when I first went on the Bloomberg, and that was one of my – it was my very first television show ever was on Dunkin' Donuts. Um, that's not how I ended up getting this business, but it, it's kind of cool, <laughs> you know, that uh, you would bring that up, and I loved them, and it was fun, and I got to go in their test kitchen. Anyway, all right, I'm, I'm, I, I get distracted. Squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. So this is all – but bots sits all under AI, right? I mean, that's really what we're talking about, artificial intelligence here, right? Yep. Artificial intelligence is a huge thing. Yeah. It, it permeates every industry. It's going to be basically like the what the internet is to us. AI is going to be to the next generation. Yeah. So is this a kind of the, – the, to describe it in a really layman's way, what you're doing is giving a personalization to the scale, but giving scale, you know – to the brand itself, whoever the brand is. So it, it, but it's kind of like giving, it's like having your own Alexa, right? In some ways, absolutely. You can, your bot, you can program it to uh, very easily to respond automatically in your tone of voice. You can have it, uh, have a conversation at scale on your behalf in one-on-one conversations. And some bots have a little bit of AI and some bots have a lot of AI. Uh, what I think we're at now is the super early stage where yeah. the AI and bots is kind of like, I don't know if you remember the beginning of the App Store era, but it was kind of like, you know, bots maybe about a couple months ago or a year ago were like fart apps. You know, you just like yeah, have right. this really simple stuff. Yeah. Now they're getting really interesting and more complex, but also people are finding real business value out of them, which is always the number one most important thing. So, I, And like, by the way, Ben, who doesn't want a fart app, right? I mean, seriously. I mean, I downloaded several of those <laughs> back in the day. Yeah, well, Ben, I did not. So let's be clear about that. So so what's, what, size, what size companies do you recommend should have uh, chatbots? 
I think every company should have a chatbot, and I think yeah. every company will inevitably have a chatbot because every company inevitably has a Facebook page or an email newsletter. And But it's especially for any business that has to reach consumers. So if you're B2C or you have a large B2B audience, then you should have one. And I actually feel like it's a better distribution channel than, say, having a Facebook page. Look, you can have a million likes on your Facebook page and only maybe 1% of people will see each post. But if you converted that audience to a bot, 100% of people will see that post. So I think every size business could use it, and you're seeing small and big businesses adopt it right now. Well, you already see some very progressive businesses already using some form of bots or have been for a while because they come in the form of when I've been on the site for a while or hovering in a, in the support area. That would be one example of that, right? Where they'll say, hey, can we help you more? And they'll, and they'll give you the name. And, and a lot of that interaction that you have on that site is through a bot. And then, it, then at some point in the conversation it triggers it into a live like persons and not always but into a live person but many of the first steps of that interaction is really through a bot right yep and one of the things in the bot industry is the bot human handoff look mm-hmm. bot the technology is amazing but it's not at the point where it can replicate a human being or it could fool you into thinking it's a human But, which is why, you know, in a lot of customer support cases, you know, it can answer common questions, but if there's a more advanced question, it can hand it off to a human. And there's a lot of cool tools that do that. We don't do that, but other cool tools do that. Like, we're just, you know, we're at the beginning early stages of bots and AI in general, which is just really exciting. But now we're really starting to see real business value out of it. Yeah. So what do you think about the size of businesses that you should use this? What's... What size companies should have chatbots? If you don't have any time to do any social, probably shouldn't do it. But if you have someone who does social on your team or you're like a small business like 50 and you have to do some marketing, I think that's the size in which you start thinking about having a bot and um, investing in a bot because I think it's a better distribution channel than say – like making a Twitter account now, fine, but Twitter isn't growing anymore. And Twitter is like a third of the size of Messenger. In fact, like Messenger is as big as Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat combined. So, Mm -hmm. you know, there's businesses with 30,000 people who use bots. And there's businesses with, you know, 50 to 100 people to use bots. It says as long as you have like a need to market to customers via social or via email, that's the size in which you should be thinking about a bot. So anything with any zero on it, meaning scale. Where you're really yes. just trying to get to another level of, of sophistication. And, and, and to me, it's also a real question for someone, do you care about your customer? You know, and people would say, well, yeah, I care about my customer. I want to do it personally. No, 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 no. Listen, sometimes it, I don't want to talk to a person, especially at 2 a.m. At 2 a.m., I'm going to be writing to you, and are you going to have somebody that's doing this stuff? And you're, And quite frankly, you're not for most businesses, right? So this is a real, I think a real advantage for most businesses to be able to automate certain things around the clock, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Let let me ask you about small businesses. Do you think small businesses should go near this? Absolutely. Yeah. Look, think of it this way. You as a small business, like a lot of small businesses spend Facebook ad money to build an audience, uh, to build likes on their Facebook page or to build followers on their Twitter. And it's mostly useless because the engagement rates are so low. Like uh, on average, about three and a half percent of people see a tweet 
if you have an audience of 100 or more people on your Twitter. And if you have a Facebook page, it's around 1% to 4%. And those are abysmal numbers. You like If you're going to spend money on building an audience, you want to be able to engage uh, 50%, 75%, 100%. And so that's, I think, why a bot is interesting. Like Again... At least in double digits. You want to hit at least double digits. Yeah, at least in double digits, for sure. You, you have a choices in which distribution channel follow. Think of your bot as a distribution channel. And that distribution channel is Messenger. And you could choose, like, a Facebook page, and you could distribute there, or you can go on a bot and Messenger and have much higher conversion rates. And even if you just have 100 people subscribe to your bot... That's much more, that's a hundred people that are much more engaged. And when you send notifications to them, they're getting a push notification. You could send sales. You can send discounts. You can tell them about major changes to the business. You can announce things. That's a really powerful channel in which to do it. I actually think you'll see more people in investing in that than they will in even like email newsletters or buying ads to build up audience on their Facebook or Twitter pages. Well, it gets you talking to the people that would normally, you know, want to be talking to you. So, so it, the way I'm listening to you, and I'm learning as we go as well, Ben, um, I, I think I'm a fairly smart guy, but I always don't know what I don't know, and you're teaching me some more things, so thank you for that. But it, it almost sounds like an RSS feed when you're talking about it, but a, a lot better, meaning I sign up for an RSS feed to get notifications of when certain things come out, like my content. So, for instance, I have RSS feeds on my podcast, on my TV shows, on on lots of different things that, that we have inside of our own C-suite network. And to me, that's just a, like you sign up once and then we send it to you. Now, there's no interaction beyond that. So the bot is takes it one step further than that and now allows me to have a conversation. So like, hey, Jim, I, you know, I, I want to send you my latest here because you asked for it. Is there anything else I can do for you? And then he, he'll say, yes, no, yes, I'd love to know about this. Boom, I can automate that back. So we're having a great conversation back and forth, even though it might be automated, right? You nailed it. Super. Like there's that that you can distribute stuff, but you can also distribute send a conversation and it can start a conversation. And what we found from our like polling and asking customers and users, they really like this. They really like the chance to have a conversation with their favorite brands and celebrities and businesses. And so it's absolutely what you just said. You know, for my my engineer and, and my uh, team that's listening for the show. We have to do a bacon one, bacon bot. Oh man, bacon wouldn't it be bot. something? Yeah, we should just. If you make a bacon bot, I'll help you promote it. Yeah, so we should do that. Just it just comes back and it sizzles, you know, just <laughs> that. <laughs> you, you you could it could just any response could just be animated gifts of sizzling bacon. Yeah, and just bacon. I mean, holy shit, who wasn't want that? I mean, there you go. Okay, I, I like that. I like that idea. Oh, I got to take another break. Hey, hang on just a second, uh, Ben. Man, this is good stuff. It's going so fast. I'm really enjoying this. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, very educational. Talking about educational, if you're looking for a great read, we were talking about Ben Parr's book, but let's talk about my other friend, John Hewitt's book, I Compete, How My Extraordinary Strategy for Winning Can Be Yours. John is the founder and the CEO of Liberty Tax Service, one of the top tax pre- 
prep firms and preparation uh, franchises in the country. They have over 4,000 stores nationwide. Now, John, if you don't know this, has done this a couple times. He was at the Block Company, left there, uh, bought out Jackson, became Jackson Hewitt, hence the name John Hewitt, sold that for 400 and some million dollars, then started up Liberty Tax Services. Man, I'm telling you, you want to get the secrets, you read I Compete, it's a must read, and if you're a regular listener of the show, it's it's relatable in any uh, business or industry. So uh, read that. I, John, John's a good read. He's a great read. Okay, let me get back to the bots uh, because I think this is great. So how can I gauge customer experience when it's automated, Ben? So one of the beautiful things about at our platform but all bots is that you can collect a lot of really useful and insightful data, right? Uh, people are not, it's like one, when they're connecting with Facebook, you're getting all that Facebook data, but you're also getting conversational data. You're seeing, for example, trends in what are the most common questions people are asking your business? What are the things that you didn't expect them to ask? People actually send more messages and ask more questions to bots than they do just like a message we button with a human. We found this over and over again. Or an email. Yeah, or an email. Absolutely. Because an email is like, you have to take a lot of work and a lot of people don't respond back. Messaging allows people to respond back. And so you gather a lot of that data, a lot of uh, sentiment data, a lot of data that you could use actually to retarget messages. You could ask your audience with a poll, like, are you are you looking to buy a business book in the next three months? Or are you looking to get a new coffee? Whatever it might be. And then you can just send messages just to them, super personalized. The personalization element of bots cannot be overstated. Well, this is some some hot stuff. So you're you've got your finger on a pul- on the pulse of a lot of different things. Because I know you also invest in some companies. What do you see that's that's hot besides just chatbots? Other areas I'm thinking about. You know, a okay. So look, a ARVR people talk about it. It's only now starting to break into some mainstream applications. I think the business to business side of AR and VR is probably a better investment right now. Where like training and such. I think that a lot of stuff that AI for automation and AI for uh, better business intelligence, greater tools to help you understand your customers, collect data, and turn that into action is a really, really great area of the future of work. And then certain areas of IoT and connected devices are still a good area to invest in. Like every single year I see kind of more and more interesting companies. And I think I see the common themes now being they're using some form of AI or machine learning. They are doing some form of creating data or collecting data and turning it into actionable insights for your business. I think those are some of the really core areas where I'm seeing a lot of growth and I'm seeing a lot of interesting companies. Yeah, and I think the whole AI piece of it if you've got anything right now on ai people are looking to invest but um, people are still trying to figure the ar and vr stuff out i think i i do like your the idea around using it for training i think that's a heck of an idea um and a great way to be able to do it i also like the data piece that you mentioned it, it's interesting when i hear you talk about that I, and then it just my whole mind goes you know when i was a chief marketing officer at kodak we spent like 60 million or 100 million dollars a year just in research and now with these kinds of tools, it just almost makes it non-existent because of what you can get back. It's like shifting budgets, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you, the co- like, uh, companies are still spending $50, 60000000 on 
collecting data, but now they're spending it on new startups and tools that are more efficient and they're collecting more data as a result. Huge opportunity if you're a founder or you're an investor. And not only collecting more, but they're getting better engagement. So, and usually with that, they're getting an experience and that engagement and experience leads to greater sales. So even better. So what advice would you give to, I mean, you're a young guy, Ben. I don't know your age, but I know you're younger than I am by a, by a long <laughs> shot. Um, just because we've, we've met so many times face to face. But what, what advice are you given other young entrepreneurs to make it like you've made it? Well, one, I'm 32. So I'm not that young anymore. The, my Forbes 30 under 30 Friends, days. That's, that's young. That's still young. That's <laughs> Thank okay. you. Uh, a couple pieces of advice for the young entrepreneurs out there. And I've been in this industry for a long time, first as the editor of Mashable, then as an investor, and then as a founder again. And my first piece of advice is not to start a company because you want to start a company. Start a company because you see a real problem that you are the one to solve. Like it's bothering you. No one else is solving it. Someone's got to do it. It's got to be you and something you're passionate about. I see too many people starting companies because they can, and that's not a reason to do it, and those fail. Uh, the second piece of advice I would give is to really th have great co-founders. And so you don't want to just pick a person that you meet at a party and a week later have them be your co-founder. Uh, being a co-founder is like being married. And so you want to have someone that you've had a relationship with for years and you've built a rapport with and you know how you'd work together and you know that you could get through the tough times. That's the only way in which you're going to really succeed. You want someone you're going to really like and that you're going to really want to work with. Um, those are like some of the biggest mistakes I see a lot of times. I also see the mistake of uh, founders being too defensive with their ideas and not really being open to feedback and criticism and using that to improve their product in significant ways. Yeah, that's a that's a really good one. You have to be open. It, uh, and the tension that you get from other people is a good thing because it leads to something that's better. But I love the ad advice about making sure you pick your partners, your entrepreneurs. You actually, you said it's like a marriage. It's actually m more than the marriage because you're actually going to spend more time with these other entrepreneurs and these other partners than you'll spend with your wife or your husband or your partner. So keep yeah. that in mind. Yeah, you'll spend yeah, more time. Don't, don't. Don't tell your wife that. She'll figure it out after you start a company. Yeah, I've shared more beds with my uh, my co-founders in, in hotel rooms, or we shared hotel rooms, uh, than I care to care to uh, to let on about. But there you <laughs> go. Um, and he snores, too, so that's another deal. Hey, so let's speak about, you know, you, you see a lot of this in the Bay Area. I see it all over the country. Serial entrepreneurs. How do you define a serial entrepreneur? A serial entrepreneur, like, look, is someone who starts a company more than once. But bigger is that they're, they couldn't imagine doing something else. It's kind of yeah. in their DNA to start ideas and be creative. Because being an entrepreneur is, as you know personally from being a multi-time entrepreneur, is really, really, really difficult. It is not sunshine and rainbows coming out of unicorn butts. It is a slog. It is every day getting on phone calls, disappointments, uh, but also the exhilaration of like a big success, you know? Like like this week, toot my own horn, uh, we had a two-page feature about us in the New York Times. And like I live for those kinds of amazing moments as an entrepreneur, that kind of like validation of our ideas and being able to hire an amazing team. And I think that's what makes me a serial entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, it depends on other people, but I think a serial entrepreneur is like, 
that's the kind of thing that they really love. They don't love the idea of stopping at 5 p.m. and doing watching TV until the night and going and doing nothing else until the morning. You know, and the other piece I'd tie to that thing, Ben, and see if you agree with me, I think they have to be successful at it. Uh, well, yeah, absolutely. You, you can't be a serial entrepreneur if you're serially failing. Yeah, that's just is, a hobby. <laughs> look, look. most of the time you're going to fail and I, you want to try yeah. again. But yeah. there are some times where like, I see entrepreneurs who should take the time to work at a larger company and build experience and build relationships. And there's a lot of people – like college kids who instead of trying to start a company right out of college they should get a few years of ex- startup experience and build relationships with investors much more successful that way yeah exactly right i agree with you 100 percent. let me ask you you mentioned the spread in the in the new york times what's more important to you what gives you greater satisfaction now that I'm, I'm speaking to you because i know you're your former editor of mashable and you mentioned that would it be better to have a, a write-up in mashable or a write-up in the new york times uh, New York Times, no doubt. Look, I love my old employer. I love Mashable, but there is just something about going to the to the newsstand and picking up a paper and seeing your face in it, and yeah. there it's it's like nothing else. The New York Times is still a gold standard of journalism and of coverage. If your business is covered in the New York Times, it's a statement. Yeah, I don't know if uh, Donald Trump would agree with you right now, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Donald Trump doesn't agree about a lot of things. But, <laughs> but yeah. Oh, Trump. Anyway, we won't go there. We won't go there. But, uh, you know, hey, so who's been like one of your biggest influences uh, in what you do? My mentors. So yeah. I'm very lucky to have had two great mentors, Mark Ackler and Troy Heinekoff of Math Venture Partners in Chicago. Troy was my entrepreneurship professor in college. Mark was my first boss. And they've really guided me on my like experience over the years and providing advice on all the things that I've done, my companies and my ideas and what's been smart, what I've been stupid at. And so I really think that if you are lucky enough to be able to find a, men- to find a mentor mentors or to seek one out, like it's a really, really useful and amazing thing, especially early on in your career. It's one of those lifelong relationships. It's one of those things that can make or break a career. I think finding the right kinds of people who are influences in, in any aspect of your life. And I encourage people who are listening, not just on the business side, but think about your spiritual side. Think about your family. Think about your friends. I was about to say my family, my mom, Isn't that my sister. Cool? Because, Ben, I think it, it's we forget about that. You know, there was a great, great guy who passed many years ago, but he was um, wrote Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. And 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 it was uh, Stephen Covey. And he, he, he said, you know, you need to focus on four areas. Focus on your business, focus on your family, focus on your spirit, and focus on your friends. And, I, and I've always remembered that. And I think it's always cool to have great mentors or great idols or great people that you look up to and respect that help you in these areas because we did not get here alone, did we? No. And it's great when you can combine some of those and have great friends in your business and have great family that supports your business and have the business support what you want to do with your family. Let me give you a shout out to the company again, uh, the name of the company and what you're doing. Say it, please give it. Octane AI, octaneai.com. 
I think it's awesome. It's looked like big success. Another big success from Ben Parr. We didn't have enough time to get into the seven triggers of captivation marketing or the three stages of attention. So I encourage every single one of you, if you haven't read this book, you should. I went out and bought, I think, 50 or 60 of these and passed them out to friends. Um, because I really enjoyed reading it um, right after it came out. So it's time to do another one, Ben. You're going to have to do another one soon. Uh, I'm always in. Yeah, It'll have to be about bots. Maybe you can get a, a, a bot to write it for you. A bot about captivology. <laughs> there you go. There you go, my friends. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining us right here on All Business. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Hey, at the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learn, and I'm always interested in what you learn, so don't forget to share it with me on, on social media, you know, whether it's on Twitter or Facebook, Instagram, I don't care. Just get it out to me. Let me know what you think, and I'll tell you what I think. I think chatbots are here to stay, and I think they're great. A lot of people are a little worried about all this automation and artificial intelligence and I'm telling you I want better customer service and I think I can get better customer service with chatbots I think I can get better information I think I can access it whenever I want and I don't have to wait for someone else so there's lots of great stuff that we can teach and learn through AI and augment all of these things that we want to have and automate them so that I can get. And the smarter they get, the better it is for me. That's what I learned today. And I'm all for it. And I don't care whether you're a big business or a small business. I'm for taking care and engaging with customers. And I think that's what you're going to get with chatbots. So that's what I learned today. I hope this was helpful to you. Don't forget, tell your friends. Uh, all about all business right here on C-Suite Radio. And don't forget to rate us wherever you can and tell everybody uh, how great we are because we think we're great and you are great for just listening. And this has been Jeffrey Hazlett and you've been listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Welcome to C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on C-Suite c-sweetradio.com This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-sweetradio.com.